Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse. I'm Vicki. And I'm Ken. And this is Doug with the episode credits for Season 4, Episode 2, An Evil Within. Guest cast, Brent Spiner as Brother Adrian and Kate Mulgrew as Jane Latimer. Created by Brent Mote and Jane Espenson. Written by Holly Harold, John Paul Nickel, and Michael Jones Morales. Directed by Constantine Macris. Original air date was July 30th, 2012. And now, the episode quick cap. Pete and Micah are sent to Philadelphia to check into a report of a mob in a diner beating a patron into a coma, believing he was an attacking creature. After their arrival, a similar incident happens in a dental office, resulting in a death. Both groups of people were having hallucinations of the same creature. Artie continues to hear the warning from Brother Adrian and sees flashes of Claudia attacking him with a sword. Brother Adrian shows up at the B&B looking for Artie. He seems to have no recollection of meeting Artie in the alternate timeline. He is there only to get the warehouse's help in recovering the missing Magellan's astrolabe. Adrian knows that 24 hours have been erased and that erasure needs to be undone to eradicate the evil that has been unleashed. Meanwhile, Claudia is stalking the Regent's chalet in an attempt to locate Steve's body. She gains access to the building, only to find that Artie is already there, ready to stop her. Jane arrives to grant Claudia permission to use the metronome to bring Steve back to life, under the condition that she understands she is putting her own life at risk, but no specifics were given. They are successful, but it is not very long before Steve figures out that he was dead and is now being kept alive by the metronome. Artie, growing more anxious about the impending evil due to the resurrection that has just been allowed, interrogates a confused brother Adrian for specifics. Back in Philadelphia, Pete and Micah learn about a key that the last victim touched. They finally make a connection between the baseball cap wearing man with the key and the victims. The championship game, Philadelphia versus Cincinnati. Micah remembers an incident that occurred at this very game. A woman, Teresa Hicks, was trampled to death and after some research, they find that all of the victims were in attendance, but did not help the woman or her fiancé. They also discover that there is one more person that is most definitely on her fiancé's list. Pete and Micah must get to him before the fiancé can infect him too. Micah leaves to find the fiancé, and Pete heads to the next victim's house. The fiancé arrives at his target's house to find Pete at the door. A chase ensues, and the fiancé puts the key in Pete's hand, which causes the people in the gym to see Pete as a creature. Micah arrives, captures the fiancé, and bags the key just in time to save Pete from an axe-wielding gym patron. Back at the warehouse, Claudia finds that Jane did not have the Regents' permission to use the metronome, and is warned that because the Regents do not know the side effects of the metronome, Steve will be on constant watch by the Regents for life. Hi, we're back with Season 4, Episode 2, An Evil Within. The artifacts of the week from Wiki Warehouse are Johan Maisel's Metronome. The metronome activates when the user places one hand on the active metronome while placing the other hand over the heart of the deceased. The user must think of the deceased when he or she was alive, eventually bringing them into a large white void with the deceased in sight. The user must avoid going into the light along with the deceased, which can be assumed to result in their death as well. The process is complete once the user manages to bring the deceased to him or her. 
As long as the metronome keeps ticking, the user can't die. However, when the pendulum stops swaying, the powers that hold their life together stop as well. And there's parts of this I took out because it's things that we haven't heard yet. Okay. H.P. Lovecraft Silver Key. Anyone who touches the key will be seen as a horrific, bizarre monster resembling the creatures from Lovecraft's work by anyone who looks upon them within the next few moments. So this is another episode that I didn't like the A plot as much as the B plot. Mm-hmm. The whole monster thing. Eh. I understood the concept. I understood where it came from. Yeah. It, it didn't bother me that much. I kind of could understand where you know people do become monsters. I, I could get the concept. I tried going to the police. They wouldn't listen. They said it was an accident. It wasn't. It was a crime. Fear and selfishness. People should be prosecuted for that. I mean, it was good, but I wasn't as interested in it as the B-plot. So I mentioned a while back, before Brent Spiner appeared on Warehouse 13, that Artie was in a popular episode of The Next Generation, mm-hmm. The Most Toys. But I didn't mention at the time that he spent most of the episode with Brent Spiner. You will surrender yourself to the authorities. Or what? No fire? Empty threat, we both know it. Why don't you accept your fate? You will return to your chair and you will sit there. You will entertain me and you will entertain my guests. And if you don't, I'll simply kill someone else. Him, perhaps. Doesn't matter. Their blood will be on your hands, too. The geek in me thinks it's over the top cool that they're working together again. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a bonus episode of that. Don't worry, you don't have to watch Star Trek. Thank you. I'm going to do it when you're on vacation with Elizabeth, who was the host of the other podcast I did a long time ago. I was only the co-host. I didn't have to do anything but talk. Mom's Going Boldly, which was a Star Trek podcast. Okay. So we're going to do that when you're on vacation. I didn't want you to think you were going to have to watch a Star Trek. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Like I said, I don't mind to a certain degree, but I think I wouldn't be as enthusiastic to watch it as some other people would. And I don't think watching one episode, you would get the full picture anyway. Right. You know what I mean? So as soon as I saw the diner, I remembered this whole creature story, believe it or not. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I saw the diner, I didn't remember specifics, but I remembered the story and I did remember that Pete was affected by it as well at some point. Mm -hmm. But it was funny and fitting that the boys walking into the diner were having a Star Trek argument. The variable! Dude, eccentric strength, concentric strength, and static strength, all the factors in the equation. None of those are the variable I'm talking about. The variable's resistance, okay? Is the resistance encountered greater than the overall maximal isometric strength? Yes. I've accounted for the variable, and given the copper-based physiology, the end result is... (laughs) Vulcans are 47% stronger than Klingons. Huh. I wonder why there's never a girl with you two. Vulcans are stronger than Klingons. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I even got an Indiana Jones moment in there. Oh, I missed that. What was that? Um, oh, God. No, I can't. I didn't write it down. All right. So when I'm pulling clips, if I hear it, I'll listen for it. Okay. Tentacles. Will you please stop saying that word? <laughs> Man, it's like Indiana Jones with snakes. Yes, it is. I don't know what that means, but it is. We find out the regions have a chalet. So what is this? Is this their headquarters? I don't know. Because we've heard before that they always meet in different places. 
So what mm-hmm. is this place for? And when Claudia sneaks in, she's all dressed in medical attire. I mean, I understand this is where Steve's body was, but what else do they use this building for? Right. She didn't walk in looking like she was a nurse. I mean, little girlfriend had it going on. I was <laughs> like, okay, that's a distraction, and it is. <laughs> you know, then she drops the papers. They're all over the place. He's trying to help. But I'm still trying to figure out how did he figure out she didn't go to the right floor? Maybe they have security. I have no idea. But I'm just kind of wondering, they never explained what this was. And then Jane shows up. So, I mean, was she there or did she specifically go there because she knew Claudia was there? It felt like it was their headquarters, except that I believe that we've heard they really don't have a headquarters because they meet in different places to be safe. Maybe it's just a room in the building that people rent out a floor. But they called it the Regent Chalet. So it's like, okay, what is this? Yeah, I'm not sure. Because I got confused because I was like, I didn't really understand why she was there. Right. I didn't at first either. I, I thought she was going to talk to the Regents or I don't know. I thought maybe she was going to kidnap a Regent because she didn't know how to work the astrolabe. I don't care who knows I'm here. I don't care what it costs. I'm bringing Steve back, Artie, and you are not going to stop me. Don't you think that I know how you feel? I have lost partners. I've lost friends, people that I would do anything to bring back. It's not how things work. You don't get to use artifacts for your own selfish needs. Uh, I'm not being selfish. This is not about me. It's about Steve. Is it? Or is it because you just can't bear losing him? So Artie shows up at the chalet to talk Claudia out of bringing Steve back, but then Jane shows up and gives her permission. Okay, so this is where I started having a problem with the episode, mm-hmm. and this is where I started thinking that something was wrong. I said that I was remembering this season a little more than the last three. Yes. So I knew they were going to get the warehouse back, and that Brother Adrian had something to do with it. Plus, there's two seasons to go, so of course they're going to get the warehouse back. But I didn't remember the 24-hour time erase. I just knew they got it back or built a new one. So I did remember that Steve was brought back to life and a few things in future episodes that they discover that have to do with bringing him back to life. But I didn't remember Jane having anything to do with it. It's all right, Addy. The decision has already been made. Claudia can bring back Agent Jinx. So this is where I started thinking that something was wrong because Jane gave permission for this to be done. And at the time, we assumed that the regents gave their permission as well. So I was like, that's not right. They wouldn't do that. But before we find that out, and because we thought the regents and Jane gave permission, which in my mind is not something they would do, I started to think that they were still in an alternate timeline and didn't know it. Now, if you remember, don't say, because (laughs) spoilers. I just feel like there's something wrong, and I can't remember as much of the storyline as I thought I did. But later, when we find out that Jane was working from guilt and didn't have the rest of the region's permission, I could kind of see that she might have done it out of guilt, but still, I'm kind of on the fence. Then, Micah's hair is completely different. And it's drastically different. And it seems to me like it's drastic for a reason. Like, I don't know. Are they in an alternate timeline still? And they really didn't turn time back and they don't know it? Or I don't know. But just me being me, when I get something in my head, then I think everything's a clue. I mean, we've seen her hair curly before. Sometimes it's curly. Right. It was drastically curlier than we've ever seen it. So it might be nothing. But, you know, when I get my mind working on a theory then I pick out everything that's different and it just seemed like her hair was drastically different well I think I'm with you on that one though because I kept on saying something doesn't feel right and when Adrian right when he kept on talking about 
changing back time. Every time he kept on talking to Artie, it seemed like kind of like a clue. Because he's kind of actually repeating himself over and over just a different way. Like I said, I remember part of it, but I don't remember what's going to happen in the next one. Like, if he was to bring it back, with guys would everything go back to where it was? Yeah, see, I don't know. And I think it's just because of Eureka and the Matrix and all that stuff. I just got the impression that they're still in that timeline and they never really did correct it. They just think they did. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't seem real. No, something's wrong. As soon as Jane gave her permission for Claudia to use an artifact, I was like, there's something wrong. Right, but like he said, out of guilt. People right. do stuff out of guilt. That's true. So people do weird stuff out of guilt. True. And she did feel guilt because Walter said that to her. Walter said that to her and she got Steve killed. So, yep. yeah, that's even more guilt. And like I said, when we found out that the regents didn't give permission, because when the regents gave permission, I was like, no way. Mm-hmm. But then when we found out the regents didn't give permission, I was... Like, all right, maybe she did do it out of guilt, but it's still, I don't know. I think if they found out she did this, even if it was out of guilt, I think the Mm -hmm. regents would have done more about Steve than just saying they're going to watch him forever. Yeah, like everything seems like there's a reason for the madness, but I don't know what the madness is yet. We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, it is very likely you're also a fan of Eureka. And if you aren't, you should be. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So Artie's afraid that Claudia is the evil, and now he's even more concerned because she's bringing Steve back to life. Right, so they said there's consequences. There's consequences to everything. So there's going to be a consequence, and... I felt bad that Steve found out. Yeah. Uh, why are we in my room? No reason. It's cleaner, easier. Closer to the front door, really. Claudia. Yeah. What are you telling me? <laughs> it's not nothing. Oh, now you're lying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess we didn't lose the whole human lie detector thing. God, I was kind of open. Lose? Why would I lose I think that was a horrible way to, to do that. Like, I just probably would have put it up somewhere, but not thinking because he just came out of it and then realized he was dead. And she said, even if it was for selfish reasons, you were being selfish. Yes. Okay. God, I'm sorry any of it happened, but if you think I'm going to apologize for bringing you back, I'm not. You know, maybe it was completely selfish of me. Maybe I ruined your karma or put a kink in your plan to achieve enlightenment and come back as a butterfly or whatever Buddhists do. Maybe I've upset the whole cosmos. I don't care. I would do it all again. (laughs) I really hope you can forgive me. But it's okay if you don't. You know, as long as you're here. You know, Claudia was being very, very selfish. So there's consequences behind that, too. And when Brother Adrian keeps on talking about the evil, now I'm just getting Steve the evil, not Claudia. They're building it up to make us think it's Claudia, which is usually what they do when it's somebody else. Mm -hmm. Because even before she used the metronome and before Artie changed time, Claudia was acting evil. Mm -hmm. Like the way she threatened Artie, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and sneaking out in the middle of the night and everything. And then, of course, Artie keeps seeing those flashes of her with a sword. So I think they're building it up to make us think that Artie created some kind of evil in Claudia. 
Right. But usually when they do that, there's an about face and it's somebody else or something else. Yeah, I think it's deep. It's something about his eyes. I mean, if I was dead and you brought me back to life, I'm going to be pissed. Especially if I was in heaven. Now, if I was in hell and you brought me back, all right, then might not have an attitude. But you know what I mean? You know, that's kind of weird. What you're saying reminds me of a Buffy episode. (laughs) (laughs) Because at some point in the series, and like I said, I only watched it once, so I don't remember what season or anything. She actually dies. She sacrifices herself to save the world or something. And she dies. And because her friend Willow was a witch, mm-hmm. she figured out a way months later to bring her back to life because all her, all her friends thought she was suffering in some kind of hell or something. So mm-hmm. they bring her back to life, and it turns out she was finally at peace. She was in heaven. She didn't have to fight vampires anymore. She didn't have to guard the hell mouth and all this stuff. And they couldn't figure out why she wasn't acting like herself because she was angry. That she finally didn't have the whole world on her shoulders and blah, blah, blah. And she was at peace. And they brought her back. There you go. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Brother Adrian is very confused as why Artie's more interested in the evil Mm -hmm. than finding the astrolabe. Yeah. Once again, Pete's comic book reading comes in handy. Yes. (laughs) The key and the creature remind him of an old comic book, Cthulhu. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I tried to write it down. I was like, yeah, you can't pronounce that. Leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Lovecraft, the author, suffered night terrors and believed the key was the gate to the gate of dreams. Tentacles. Will you stop saying that word? That's it. That's it. Cthulhu. What? That's what I've been trying to remember, Mike. When I was a kid, I read these comic books uh, about a sea creature named... Cthulhu. Created by H.P. Lovecraft. You know, I've never read anything by him. But Cthulhu, I mean, the mythos does permeate a lot of popular culture. Well, you lost me there. But these things that they've been seeing... Are definitely Lovecraft. Tentacles, claws, and sometimes wings are all common to Lovecraft creatures. Apparently, he suffered a form of waking dream called night terrors. They came to him in his dreams. It's kind of weird that Alina says Lovecraft suffered something called night terrors. Like, nobody ever heard of that. Yeah, people do have night terrors. But they also say it depends on how you wake up from your dream. Now, when Steve discovers that he's alive because of the metronome, he has a flashback, or it's kind of made to look like a flashback, of Marcus bringing the box to the warehouse. But Steve was already dead at that point. So how is he remembering that? He looks at the metronome, he looks at the metronome case, and then he has a flashback of Marcus in the B&B, I said warehouse before. Marcus in the B&B putting the case down on Lena's table. But Steve was dead. Mm, so right. that can't be his flashback. Right. That didn't make sense to me. I'm just wondering, was that a clip for our benefit? Or does he see things from the person before? Because he was seeing it through the eyes of somebody. Oh, it just hit me right this second. The flashback seemed like he was seeing it through the eyes of somebody. Because first I thought he was remembering Marcus's memories because he was connected to the metronome. But Marcus turned around and looked at somebody, and he was seeing it through Claudia's eyes. Oh. That's what I think, anyway. Oh, because they had that connection when she put her hands over the heart. Apparently. Yeah. So So maybe that could be it. Yeah, because Lena was in the room, and Marcus turned around. They both looked at whatever Steve was seeing, so he's seeing it through Claudia's eyes. Okay, all right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) In case anyone's wondering, 4,320 minutes is 72 hours. So Kosan comes to tell Claudia that Steve will be watched forever, like we said, or until they know what the ramifications are. 
He also said that the metronome will stay with the regions in case they discover their serious side effects from using it, that they'll have the ability to stop it and take Steve out. Mm-hmm. If they stop it, doesn't he die? Yeah, that's what I mean. Does it always stay? I thought at one point it stops. Does it always go back and forth forever? I think, I think this one does because okay. it's an artifact. It goes back and forth until they stop it. That's how Claudia killed Marcus. She stopped it. But then some things I found funny in this episode. Mushrooms seem to be their go-to explanation when dealing with the public. <laughs> Remember at the wedding, they told everybody it was mushrooms too? Yeah. Yeah. Mushrooms is their excuse. Just like in Haven, everything that happened was a gas leak. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he started acting weird right after lunch. Must have been the mushrooms he had in his salad. That happens sometimes, especially with wild mushrooms. It's the psilocybin. What you're seeing is a hallucination. It's caused by mushrooms. I don't eat mushrooms! In the water supply. Okay, so everybody just relax. Already yelling at Pete at the beginning when Pete mentions going back in time. (laughs) And Artie's yelling at him and then he yells, I'm colorful. (laughs) Anyway, unless you want it to happen again, you will get there. Uh, Yesterday. Yesterday. What, are we supposed to turn back time? (laughs) What? 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 Nothing. Well, you're the one that said... I was being hyperbolic. I'm colorful. Just... Artie is such on guard now, and he's panicking. He's getting really obsessive about it, mm-hmm. almost to the point of madness. And that's where it seems like it's going to me. He's getting and, overly obsessive about what this evil is. Right. He's second-guessing or looking at everything differently when something could be like Pete joking around. Yes. He's just joking around. You know, don't be so hard on it. Right. He doesn't know that there's could be doom coming right he knows this so just chill i think he can't chill i think it's starting to become like almost a mental illness i don't want to call it mm-hmm. mental illness but getting overly obsessive about it danger what exactly is the danger undo what do you mean undo using the astrolabe unleashes an evil a formidable evil an evil that has to be eradicated and the only way to do that is to undo what the astrolabe is Artie, I said it's all right. It's not all right! You don't understand. Something could be released. This is wrong. The evil that you mentioned from the astrolabe, what kind of evil exactly? It's an unimaginable evil, unique to the user. Nothing, nothing he could anticipate, but an evil that will cut through his heart like a dagger. Could this evil be triggered by a resurrection? By bringing somebody back to life? Resurrection? Why? It, it is possible, isn't it? Anything is possible. Everything, everything about the astrolabe in order to find it, for instance, was it used before? Yes. And the evil that was released? By Robespierre. At the advent of the French Revolution. The reign of terror. Well, he's slowly driving himself crazy. Exactly, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody, just stay where you are. Okay, this isn't real. Whatever you think you're seeing, it's not going to hurt you. I mean, he's annoying and childish, and sometimes I wish I could throw a chair at him, but he's... Micah trying to talk down the crowd by telling them that the monster is actually her partner who is sometimes childish and annoying. (laughs) And sometimes she wants to throw a chair at him, but he's not dangerous. (laughs) And he's behind there shaking his head and saying, thanks, Mike. (laughs) You're just a a guy. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Well, you're overworking your lads. But the sad thing is, I really wish the monster could have talked. 
And it still wouldn't have made a difference to them, but I wish it could have talked. Even if it made growling noise that nobody could understand, it would have been nice. Even a monster said, ah, like uh, the peanuts. Well, it did make some noise because when he called Micah, he was talking, but all she was hearing was monster sounds. It would have been nicer if it was more like a peanut adult. I know what you mean. That sound on the peanuts show when an adult talks, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more monstrous or a little bit more evil, but I, I don't know. I just thought it would have been where at least you got some of the personality out of the monster while he was growling. Just a PSA. When somebody tells you they have a phobia and call it a phobia, it's not funny to keep bringing it up. It's not a joke. Right. I remember the show, and I wish I could remember the name of it because I tried to tell somebody else about the show once. It had to be maybe 10, 15 years ago. I must have been home from work or something that day because it was a, it was on during the day. And I can't remember the premise of it except that this woman, she's a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And I've seen her in other things, too. She tried to help people with their phobias. Mm-hmm. There was a woman on who was deathly afraid of fish. She couldn't deal with fish in aquariums, anywhere. Pictures of fish, she couldn't deal with it. So she had to adjust her whole life to make sure she didn't go buy anything that had a fish sign or an aquarium. And so she's coming to see this woman who's a psychologist, and this woman's standing there with a fishbowl and a fish. What kind of thing is that to do? Right. And the woman lost it lost it she was on the ground crying and screaming and she goes oh i just wanted to see how bad it was well what kind of thing is that to do right yeah you know just like you know when people tell you to just get over it you have a phobia it's a phobia you don't just get over it you gotta work through it i think at one point you can get over it you just have to work exactly but if somebody is phobic about mice you don't need people shoving mice in your face yeah you know yeah i can't even see that one now right so I just always remember that show, and someday I'm going to figure out what it was, what the name of it was. I think I know what you were saying. It wasn't on long. It was kind of like it was kind of like a talk show, but it was like a reality show. Yes, wasn't it? Was yeah. it like a reality show? Yes, it didn't last long. I don't know because I was at work during the day. I must have been homesick or so, or on vacation or something, mm-hmm. because I had never seen it before. I'd never even heard of it. But this woman, I recognize her every time I see her because of that. I've seen her on other shows when they need a psychologist on a reality show or something. Yeah, I remember. I never watched it, but I just, you know how you get, you see clips? Yeah, but I'll always remember that. And that's why as soon as Micah kept saying it's a phobia to pee, I immediately thought of that. And I always do every time somebody says something about a phobia. I remember that woman. So that's all the notes I have. What do you got? Oh, the only thing I was wondering, I said, because it seemed like Artie and uh, Brother Adrian were at the same diner that the alien was in. That was probably a diner in Uneville. Okay, it just seemed like, I was like, is that the same diner? No, that diner was, I think, in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I really don't have anything else. Okay, so then we'll be back next week. All right, have a good day. You too. Eradicating this evil is of the utmost importance. I cannot imagine. Press that upon you enough. Delicious scones, by the way. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Join us next week for Burness, episode of Star Trek TNG. The most toys. Bye now! Perfect. Hey, this is Doug Gramley reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the 13th Warehouse. 
on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse, on our website at the13thwarehouse.com or on Podbean. Theme music for the 13th Warehouse, Reflections in the Mirror, provided by Esther Garcia under their standard license. See you next time in the 13th Warehouse. And now we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.